Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Thanks. Thank you. Great to be here today, back in Calgary. I'm going to miss the snow by one day. I I come here for the snow. And you're all going, no, no. Uh, I believe you had a, a lot of snow last year, is that right? You had a really long season. And, uh, but, you know, we've, we've just left the tropics. It's like really hot at home starting to get hot, so we get out of there and uh, come to Canada. Fantastic, isn't that good? And so it's so great to be here this morning with you. Um, We've been so looking forward to coming. We love coming uh, to C3 Calgary West. We've been coming now for probably about five years or more and uh, just love being with you. And tonight we're going to be Calgary East down in the city, is that right? And uh, looking forward to that as well. Um, so we're going to do a few things this morning in the time that we've got. Okay, we're going to, um, I want to pray for some people. It's been amazing coming back, you know, you get to come back. Um, and this trip, I've had people coming up to me from this church all over Canada where I've traveled and telling me how God has healed them and done incredible things in their lives. And it's very humbling, and it's so nice to know, but I'm not surprised, right? Because when we preach the Word of God, when we pray for people, things are going to happen, right? Things are actually going to happen. So we're going to do that in a minute. Then we're going to preach and share a message that I believe will really help us all. Don't forget to have a look at some of the books we've got. We've got leadership books out there. Um, uh, We've got other books. Uh, We've got some more coming. You can get them all on Kindle. You can see there on Amazon, go on Amazon, you can download them onto your device. People have been already doing that all through Canada, it's been great. Uh, People like that, but if you like a hard copy, you can actually order them all uh, through Amazon and be delivered to your door, so that's happening, so get a hold of them. Is that good? I thought this morning we would just, uh, as we start the meeting, I really like to pray for people. And as I've been preparing for this meeting, I, I've, I'll just mention a few needs that are specific as I've come to the meeting. But we're going to pray for everything. If you've got a need this morning, it's a, just a matter of believing God and uh, being part of that and, and in exercising your faith this morning. But I want to pray for people that have problems um, uh, in their chest And in particular, I felt there were some people here this morning, and you've got pain right through here. That's that bottom bone right across there into your sternum and round there. And it can be a various numbers of uh, problems, but that's the thing we'll pray for. So I want to pray for people who have problems in their femur. Do you know what a femur is? Uh, I'm not a medical person, but evidently it's this bone here, this big bone here, right? And there are some people here this morning that have got problems. Some have got post-operative difficulties. Some have got uh, problems with your veins. There's some people here that have just got a throbbing and a pain uh, there. And at night, sometimes it gets really difficult even to sleep. And I want to pray for you this morning. I believe God can touch you. 
and, and release you. The other thing that I want to pray for, I've been praying everywhere for this, and it just seems to be, I'm, I've got so many miracles in this area, and I, I just want to pray again this morning for this. I want to f- pray for anybody who has a chemical imbalance in your body. So that could be low iron, it could be low thyroid, high thyroid, it could be testosterone problems, it could be whatever the problem, it's, it's to do with the chemical balance in your body. And you know one of the things with this, often people I've discovered go undiagnosed. They just think they're feeling tired or they're worn out, but actually they've got a physical condition. I prayed for a woman recently, and among others, but she told the story that as I prayed for her, heat went all through her body, and she felt almost like a battery thing, you know, go zzzz, and she could feel energy returning to her body, and as she told me, she just began to weep because she said, I thought I was just going insane, and I've had this deficiency in my body, and God corrected it just like that. Isn't that amazing? I believe God can touch you this morning. Um, There are others here this morning, you might have pain in your body, you might have another ailment. Uh, What I call out, it's not exclusive to that. We can all believe God for a miracle. Would that be good? Hands up those that have got something like that, and you'd like prayer. Yeah, look at that all over the meeting here. Let's all stand together. Maybe the keyboardist could come and help us. And um, I'd like you to move forward very quickly. If you have any one of those needs, we're not going to say out loud what it is. This is not to embarrass, but this is just to be like a catalyst that will bring a healing in your body. Amen. Is that good? Look at this. This is fantastic. Just come forward. Wonderful. Just come. Come. Yes. Yes, sir. God's going to touch you today. Feel it. Come, just just get in the line here. That's right. This is fantastic. It's going to be a new beginning for you. I can feel it today. And you. Isn't that cool? Man, look at this. Church, can you help us here? Can we just turn this into a prayer meeting? You, you know these people, you, some of you won't, not everyone will know everyone, but you'll know somebody. Just begin to think of them in your heart and begin to release faith. Say, God, touch my friend, touch them this morning. I want you to listen to me very carefully. I'm just going to help you here. I find this, this is a really important moment. I'm going to take my time, okay? You don't get healed in your body. You get healed in your faith and you give it to your body. If you're looking to your body for the healing, that's hope. But what faith does, faith reaches out to the promise of God, irrespective of what's happening in your body, and you claim the promise of God. The little woman that pressed through the crowd to Jesus decided in her faith that she was healed a long time before she was healed. Isn't that amazing? Bible Scholars and expositors tell us that it it doesn't seem to be that day. It wasn't like she was in her village and she went, what's that? And it's Jesus and I'm going to get healed. That's not the context. The context is she may have heard of Jesus a week, a month, even a year before Jesus actually came to her village. And she heard the message of faith, you see. She heard about the healings, and this is what she said. When he comes to my village, 
I'm going to touch them and I'm going to get healed. And the day came when Jesus came to her town. And the Bible said she pressed through the crowd and she kept saying over and over in herself, when I touch them, I'm going to be made healed, whole. Isn't that amazing? Jesus didn't even decide the miracle. He provides for it, but actually it's our faith that decides the miracle. Isn't that amazing? Now, if you understand this, this will release power. For some people here today, it's going to release anxiety because you're carrying a real need. I have real compassion in my heart for people that are carrying pain. I've had a couple of instances over the last five years where my whole body was gripped by pain. And I'll tell you what, I've never had anything like it in my life. I've lived a reasonably healthy life. But I'll tell you what, when I got through that, I thought, man, I'm going to start praying for people more that have got pain, that have got problems. Because I'll tell you what, one touch from Jesus, you can be healed this morning. Now, some of you are going to be healed instantly. When I touch you, you're going to feel something. Others, you'll feel nothing. But don't go to your body. Don't go, am I healed? Go to your faith and say, when he touches me, that's my moment of release. And I'm healed from that moment. Some of you will be healed tonight when you go to bed. Some of you will be healed next week when you're driving in the car. You go to turn the steering wheel and you'll go, oh, what's happened? The pain's gone. See, see, when you've got faith, you're not concerned when the healing will happen. That's for God to do. I can't heal you. You can't heal you. But you can exercise faith. And when you exercise faith, God sets the time and God will bring healing into your life. Is that good or what? Is that good news? I want you to reach your hand out like this before the Lord. We're going to pray a prayer. Then I'm just going to come and touch you. The moment I touch you, Make that your moment of contact to say, God, that's my healing released in my faith right there in the name of Jesus. Pray this after me, church. Let's pray it together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for carrying my sins on the cross. Thank you for carrying my pain and my sickness. And this morning I give it to you. And I place my trust in you. By your stripes. I am healed. Amen. Amen. Lord, just touch them right now. Let the power of God come. It's over. There you go. Take your healing. Take your healing, sir. Take your healing, sir. Take your healing, young man. Take it. Take your healing right now. I'm going to correct. Take your healing right now. There it is. You'll go from this place with faith. No more fear. Take your healing.
power of God. Jesus. Jesus. Take it right now. Take your healing. There you go. Pain, go from this body. God. Touch him. Touch him. Touch him. Touch him. Right now. Touch him. Touch him. There you go. Touch him. <coughs> there you go. It finishes today. There you go. We agree in faith. It's a new day. sir, take your healing. Tension, Lord, let it go. Let him rest in faith. Let him walk out of this place feeling brand new on the inside. Touch him. I speak strength from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. I curse the devil. I rebuke sickness. And I speak health and strength in the name of Jesus flowing through your body. Pain, go. Now I want you to do is just give God thanks. Will you do that? Just thank him. Say, God, thank you for healing me. Oh, I love, I love that moment, I'm telling you. Your healings, it's traveling to you because of your faith. This is a new day. Some of you have felt something really new. I can feel it. Isn't that awesome? You may be seated. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. <clears throat> I want to talk about something this morning that I'm very passionate about. And um, it's something that I think we need to all really consider. I mean, if I said to you this morning, what is this all about? What, what are we here to do? What, what's the deal? When my wife and I retired from full-time ministry last year, we'd been serving God for 43 years together. 43 years. I've done a lot of stuff. I'll tell you, I've done a lot of stuff. But I think we've always got to ask the question, what is it about? What are we actually here to do? And, and I think sometimes what can happen is we get caught up in a lot of good things and great things, or, or not caught up, but we, we put them center. That's the point I'm making here. We, we very quickly make things center, but the thing that's center to God somehow gets out on the edge. 
and we give a lot of time and a lot of resources and a lot of money and energy towards all these things, but the thing that really excites God kind of just gets shifted a bit. And, and what is that? What is that thing? And many of us might say, well, maybe it's worship, maybe it's prayer, maybe it's preaching, all of these things which are awesome, they're great, they're important, but they're not the central thing. There's something that's central. If you've got your Bibles with me, turn to Luke chapter 15, and what does it say here in chapter seven, uh, verse 7? It says, I say to you, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 sinners, uh, sorry, righteous, who do not need to repent. There's more joy in heaven. Isn't that amazing? There's a party going on. There's a party going on. This is the thing that excites God. This is the thing that moves God. I believe the greatest picture that we can ever find is the prodigal son and the fact that he went away and he rebelled and he wasted his inheritance, he wasted his life. But the picture is shown in that scripture that Luke writes, the father every day is waiting for the return of his son. He's there. And as the son comes up the drive to the farm, what does he find? He finds the father is already there waiting with open arms, rejoicing in the day that his lost son is now found. Isn't that amazing? There's more joy in heaven. One day the disciples came to Jesus and they said, what must we do to work the works of God? If you turn with me to John 6, you'll find it there. And, and they were thinking, how do we heal people? How do we preach? How do we get some thunder? Remember John and James? They wanted thunder and a bit of lightning to sort out a few people. They said, how do we get that? And Jesus' reply has always staggered me. It's always kind of, wow. Because Jesus doesn't even really answer their question because they already knew or they thought what the answer was. You've got to pray more. You have to worship more. You've got to give more. You need to serve more. You need to more be humble. He doesn't even go there. This is what he said. This is the work of God that you would believe on him whom he has sent. In other words, the work of God is to bring people that do not know Jesus to have faith and those that have faith to have more faith. That's the work of God. The work of God is about faith. It's about belief. Isn't that amazing? And so everything we do, whether we work in kids' church, whether we run a connect, whether we serve on deacons, whether we sing in the band, whatever we do in the church or out from the church, it should have this theme we should have this purpose, we're here actually to lead people to Christ. That's actually our mission, that's our true north, that's what God has called us to do. And so in C3 and in C3 uh, Calgary, you would have the same language, right? Church for the unchurched. Church for the unchurched. Isn't that amazing? Jesus was the friend of sinners. We sang it this morning, Jesus, the
the sinner's friend. You see, what we've got to be careful of as Christians is that we don't get so caught up in what we do and our religious activity, all good, that we forget this fact or this component that we need to be constantly looking for people that are lost. Who are the lost? That's an interesting question, isn't it? It's our family, it's our friends, it's the people we go to gym with, it's our colleagues at work that don't know Christ. They're the lost. And so, you see, we've got to change our thinking about church. That church isn't about running a meeting and saying, oh, welcome. Because, you see, nowhere in the Scriptures does it say that Jesus was seeking seekers. Jesus wasn't seeking seekers. He was walking along the road one day and he's surrounded by seekers. Pharisees and scribes and people that were disciples and they wanted, they wanted answers to their questions. And he's walking along like this and he goes, hey Zacchaeus. <laughs> Zacchaeus is hiding in a tree. And he's surrounded by people that are seeking him. But who does he seek? The lost. He says, come down, I'm coming to your place for tea. We have to have a meal together. We're going, well, I'm going to come to your house, Zacchaeus. The Pharisees are shocked. Why are you going with him? He's lost. He's a sinner. Why aren't you coming with us? We're the in crowd. We're seeking you. But Jesus says, look, there's more joy in heaven when Zacchaeus comes than all your questions. Church isn't for Christians. Let me say it again. Church isn't for Christians. We are the church. You, we, we, so people say, oh, I'm going to church. Now, I get that. We're coming to the building. And, uh, but technically, it's not correct. This is just a facility to facilitate the church. And so wherever we go, the church goes with us. That's a scary thought. But it's the idea of the Scriptures and so what God wants us to do is to seek out the lost. We say this in our church, as long as one person in our community doesn't know the Lord, we're open for business. That's our focus. You've got a prayer meeting on Monday night. I would hazard a guess that souls will be number one. We're going to be praying for souls, believing for people to come. And so we're not running a seeker-sensitive church. We're not trying to run a meeting that we're, we're so conscious we don't want to offend anybody. Like all across the body of Christ where I travel, I travel all over the world, people are stopping what I did just there. Don't lay hands on people. Don't, don't do anything weird. It'll upset people because we don't want to upset people. But you know, I've never found a person who's sick when they get healed, they're upset. Just recently, I was visiting a church just like this. I'd been there a year before. And after the meeting, a young woman, she came up to my dear wife, Joe, and she said, you will not believe what happened. A year ago, Pastor Gordon was here, and he did the older call, and I called out conditions. And I said this. I said, there's someone here today, and you've got a cancer here. And I went like that. I, went, I literally got my jacket, and I went, There. Sitting somewhere in the church is her brother who had come from England. 
he turned to her and he hit her. He said, you've been telling them about me. How come he knows that I've got a cancer there? You've been telling them. And so they're having an argument while I'm doing an altar call, you know, kind of like. She goes, no, I didn't. I didn't tell him. He says, yes, you did. And then I got to the bit and I said, look, if you've got any of those conditions, just raise your hand. So this young guy goes, oh, well, flip me out. I'll raise my hand. And he came down the front. We prayed for him. Nothing happened. He didn't fall over. He didn't shake. He felt nothing. He went and he had his get together with his family that week. He got on a plane. He went back to London. And that next week, he had follow-up tests and scans. So the doctors were going to determine what to do. They brought him into the surgery to discuss the findings. And have a guess what they found? No cancer. All gone. All gone. He gave his heart to Jesus. He's in church. Well, he would be, wouldn't he? Because he... He, he experienced God. But you see, he wasn't coming to church as a seeker. He was coming as an attender because his sister dragged him along. And he thought it was the right thing to do because she went to church, so he would go along. You, know? you see, that's what I'm trying to do when I preach, when I pray for people. I'm not just praying for Christians. Yes, I am, but I'm also seeking the lost. So that in everything we do, when we run a small group, let's not just run our small group for Christians. Do that. Yes, care for one another, love one another. But always in the center, you're thinking, how can we include an unchurched person, someone who's lost? Let's reach out to somebody. Our Sunday school program, our youth program, our adult program, our whatever we do, let's be thinking like that. Let's be thinking about how we can reach people. You know what I've heard too about Canada? I've actually heard that Canada is actually anti-God. I've heard that Canada is atheistic. I've heard that. So I thought, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to listen to newspapers. I'm over those people. I'm going to do some research myself. So you know what I did? I started researching uh, your census stuff. You know, your census, you know what that is? This is what I found. Look at this. 23% of Canadians go to church. Isn't that amazing? But listen to this stat. Around 73% of Canadians believe in a God or a higher power. 73%. So what's the thing? Well, you see, Canadians have given up on church, not God. C3 Church, Calgary comes in. See, this is how I used to think. People find God, they look for a church, seek a church, and they find me. But actually, that's not what the Bible's teaching. We are to be like Jesus and seek and save that which is lost. So what we do, we help unchurched people find us. We bring them to church, and I don't just mean a meeting, but into the community of the church, and have a guess what happens they find God. Isn't that amazing? Now, you know, uh, earlier this year, my wife and I went to New Zealand. I went and preached in a C3 church way up in the Coromandel. And the pastors there are actually uh, avocado farmers. They're, they're they have two incomes, you see. They get some income from the church. It's a small country church. They run avocado. I learned something I didn't know before. Did you know that avocados don't ripen on the tree? They mature on the tree. 
But once you pick them, they ripen. Isn't that amazing? The moment you pick an avocado, it begins to let off a chemical called ethylene. Isn't that amazing? Ethylene. And it begins to mature. But you know the fastest way to actually speed up the ethylene production is pick it, take, go to Woolworths or whatever, or Rogers or whatever you've got, you know, and you get a hard avocado. You know the way to do it? Bring it home and put it in the fruit basket. And all the other fruit, like bananas and apples, they're giving off ethylene. Isn't that amazing? When he began to tell me this, this farmer, I began to think of John 4. Do not say there are four months and then the harvest. The harvest is ready now. Here's the point. We're waiting for sinners to become Christians or become ripe, and then we'll witness. No, no, no. This is what I learned. We need to pick out an unchurched, lost friend and bring them into the fruit bowl of the church where there's a whole lot of ethylene creating faith, hope, and love, and kindness, and generosity, and fun, and and have a guess what will happen to them? They'll ripen up. And when the moment's right, have a guess what they will do? They'll receive Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And I thought about that, and I thought, wow, we're all waiting to witness. Don't wait. Begin now to pick out I use the word pick out your unchurched friends. How do you do that? Let me give you a few ways to do it. Number one, pray. That would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Don't hope they'll get saved. Don't wish they'll get saved. Begin to pray that they will. And ask God for opportunities. Ask God to soften their heart. Ask God to help you be available and ready and to see you when they're ready, and by doing that, you begin to pick them. And then you bring them to matched events at church. It might not be a church service. It could be a men's breakfast. It could be a youth meeting, whatever it is. And you bring them into the fruit bowl of the church where there's a lot of ethylene going on. You see, belonging becomes before believing. But what what we tend to do in the Western church is we say... People have to believe first, and then they belong. No, no, no. Bring people in and let them belong. We we hired a girl to work on our staff as an intern. She was at university, and she needed to do an internship, and she had a friend that came to our church, and they said, I'll have a talk to Pastor Joe, and I guarantee you could work in the events department because she was studying events at university, how to, how to run and manage events. So she came in, and we brought into the staff, and she began to work as a volunteer staff member in our church. She wasn't even saved. Isn't that amazing? And have a guess what happened? She began to organize our big Easter production, and we had Pastor Phil coming. He was going to do a live painting of the Passion. And she, she worked in our department. She came to the prayer meetings on a Friday because she said, well, I'm from the staff. I'll just come to your meetings. So here she is standing in the prayer meetings. 
right? She, she's there where we have birthdays and birthday cakes and everyone's befriending her. Have, guess what happens? She's up on the stage with the paints, with Pastor Phil giving him the paints. And then he does the altar call. And she goes, Ethelene. Say not there are four months and then the harvest. People are ready now. We just need to expose them to the right environment of faith, hope, and love. We need then, after we've prayed, so what we need to do is we need to do acts of kindness. Just do acts of kindness. What are they? They exist every day. Acts of kindness. What are they? A card, a coffee, a kind word. Staying behind to help a colleague at work finish a project. I don't know. They exist every day. A bereavement, a marriage, the birth of a child, a death, a, a, a promotion. If you and I would just have our eyes opening, we can, we can begin to minister acts of kindness. This is what we say in our church. Daily, weekly, monthly. Every day, walk with God, pray, read the scriptures. Weekly, be in church, be in a small group. Once a month, do an act of kindness to an unchurched person. Show them practical love. But as you pray, God will show you. And then the fourth thing you do is you're ready to tell your story. You've got to be ready to tell your story. How do you do that? Well, I've written a book about it. And if you get the book, it'll show you how to do it. Because I haven't got time to go through everything. But this is what I'll say. Write out your story in a 30-second, three-minute, or 30-minute setting. And when an unchurched person asks you a question, you have to discern whether it's 30 seconds, three minutes, or 30 minutes. One of the biggest problems that I've found is this, that when an unchurched person asks us a question, we think it's a 30-minute Genesis to Revelation, creation versus him. And we grill them, and all they said was, do you go to church? <laughs> That's where you've got to use a 30-second presentation. I wonder if you could bow your heads in the presence of God. As we draw this meeting to a close, I know I've been talking to Christians here and maybe just giving a bit of teaching. But this morning, if you're in this meeting and you don't know the Lord, or maybe you've been away and you've drifted and you need to come back, why don't you do that this morning? You say, Gordon, I don't know how. You know, it's very simple. It's not complicated. This is what we do. The Bible says we must believe, and this is how we believe. We decide, and then we act on our belief. That's what faith is. I'm not going to prolong this, but I want to give you the opportunity that if you've never ever said yes to Jesus, or maybe you have and you've drifted, I want you to know this morning that God loves you, and you're not here by accident. You may have come forward in the altar call and received prayer for a physical need. But you know, right now, you can receive prayer for a spiritual need, your salvation. While every head is closed and every, eye, every head is bowed, rather, and every eye is closed, if that's you,